is my iPhone listening to me when I say when I say, "Yo, I'm interested in buying a Rolex"? Can am I am I then getting targeted ads? You know, I have no idea, but it's a, it's crazy. They have they have to like literally the other even organically the other day, I literally told someone I really want to go to Florence. You get an ad for Florence? No, I pull up my phone. The first picture on my timeline is a girl in Florence. Yeah, it's that weird. I, someone I already follow. Like it's weird. Like that's it's not even someone that's like a close. They're, like, they're certainly tracking crazy. Google searches when I you know when if I you know Google that I want to buy a watch I then get targeted ads for watches. That, yeah, that's a thing. But yeah, it, yeah, because then like, people like Facebook does Google local, sells like, that local, information. Like, I assume or? no that and also like they have intent of what people are doing. And you do like look like audiences and all the platforms like people who are buying stuff in a category, looking it up, researching it, following pages. They, they'll like allow you to target those people. What is going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Sunday Scary. Today we're joined by a special guest, Daniel Snow. Some of you may know him as at Dapper, at, Rat, at Rap TV, at The Snow Agency. Collectively has, I think, more, close to 50 million followers across all socials. He may be a little different than the guests we're used to seeing. So far we're branching out a little bit away from, you know, Fortnite and gaming creators but we're here with daniel thank you so much for joining us man it's a pleasure to meet you and thanks for coming on board how, how, how are you doing i'm doing great Just another great day in miami thank you for having me on the podcast of course so for, for, for those of you at home you know daniel has made his name uh growing multiple different brands uh primarily rap at rap on instagram and twitter through the brand rap tv um he also has his own agency the snow agency which correct me if i'm wrong is a you know social media influencer e-commerce yeah so we're we're on the performance side so helping e-commerce brands direct consumer brands grow and essentially generate revenue so we're full service agency so you know all the ad platforms retention marketing organic social like you mentioned web design kind of cover that whole that whole space yeah so very successful guy um very entrepreneurial but i you know, like I like to start with all of my guests. I you know want to get started with an origin story. You know where you grew up, uh, what your childhood was like, and how that you know may have played into where you are today. Yeah, sure. I grew up in uh, Manalapa, New Jersey, so kind of literally in the middle of New Jersey. Um, was super into sports growing up. Was always very competitive. I actually interesting for the, for the podcast was for a short period of time like completely addicted to gaming really which games uh nba live and halo 3 i loved nba live and halo 3 nba live is uh yeah i got like super addicted to hit to nba live 2007 and i was like i was actually ranked like, i think like top five top ten in the world wow. online and then uh got into halo 3 and was play- literally addicted i was playing like eight ten hours a day uh-huh. and i actually credit that to when i when i started doing all the online stuff when I got into that specifically on social media growing communities I actually credit that like kind of um, that like gaming mentality how you how it's like gamified for me is how I became just a little bit you know like obsessed with growing communities because it was like a game anyways um, went to school to be a biology major Uh, I was in the accelerated dental program got into social media when I was in college my friend told me from a simple conversation. My friend told me he was making forty-five dollars a week on what on year a is this account. for context? If you know, two thousand twelve. Okay. So uh, this conversation happened sophomore year, two thousand twelve. Um, started from a conversation at the gym during winter break, 
and uh, I was amazed that you could make money online at the time. Yeah. I didn't know anyone do. I, you know, I had no idea. Twitter was still relatively new. Like you got like back in 2012, Instagram was still not a thing where everyone was on it. I don't even think I had an Instagram yet at that point. And um, I left the gym, made a Twitter account with the with the intention of making forty five dollars a week. So via that was paid I, promos via. So the back then uh, there was a lot of different websites that would pay you per click you were sending. Web okay. Web click. Yeah. And that was it. So um, you know, let's say you were getting paid. I don't remember a dollar per click. Forty five dollars only forty five clicks. Uh-huh. Um, to these various self-serve ad platforms. So, you know, got, grew a I was really into fitness at the time, so I, I grew a fitness page on Twitter, grew that following, learned how to eventually monetize it. How then, did you grow that following? Were you, were, were you paying others for promo, or was it just natural? When I started from zero at first, you know, naturally I just started following people. And hoping they follow back. And hoping they follow back. I remember the first day I followed a thousand people, I think of like 250 followers. I was like, oh, this is so easy. I can follow a thousand people yeah. a day. I'll gain 250 followers a day. The next day I found out it doesn't work like that. There's an algorithm that, you know, based on ratio and how many following, how many people you're following, all that stuff caps you. So then I started doing giveaways at first. Like I was just giving away stuff. Then I found companies. Saying retweet that, and follow me for a chance of this. Exactly. Week. Then I started getting smart about it and finding influencers and other large fitness pages to win my giveaway, so they would promote the giveaway with the intention of winning it, and uh, that, that's how I was kind of like. Did you? I don't know if you want to say this. Did, so you, these were real giveaways, yeah. Okay, but and, and but you intentionally made sure that they would win. Yeah, I mean, usually there's a few winners, so okay. you know, could be I don't know, like Vitamin Chop we were working with, Quest Nutrition. Yeah. It's like three hundred dollar box of bars or whatever. Um, so that that was how I. Uh, was able to quickly grow followings and the more giveaways I did the more you know followers I was able to to to, to get so I remember six months into it, I had like 25,000 followers could have been two million on your minute, fitness page on the fitness page it wasn't a personal it was more just like fitness and motivational quotes stuff like that and um, keep in mind also back then it's not uh, there's a lot less users on the platform yeah, 25,000 so 25, was a lot relatively to to where we stand today so um, Eventually, I so at first I, I did it with just the goal of just like a college job. What really was the inflection point for me was when seeing I got into the Twitter community, so to speak, and just getting uh, you know familiar with what other people are doing, the accounts they're growing, how much money they're making, all that different stuff. And I remember reading a Forbes article, literally walking back from uh, one of my classes in college, seeing how certain people in the Twitter community were making a hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah, and I was that. To me, that was the inflection point. Like, wow, this could this could be something big, not just like a you know hundred dollars a day I, I could do instead of getting a minimum wage job. Yeah. So to me, that was when I changed my kind of thought process and how I was approaching it into really treating it like a business, starting acquiring accounts to grow the network, monet then you know testing all different monetization methods. This is all while you're still in college, though. Yeah. Still studying to be a dentist. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, got into apps, had a few really successful apps that were in the top 50 games, music apps. You developed apps or? Either acquired them or, or partnered with people who developed them and I ran the marketing for you know mm. equity. Okay, okay. So did that, content blogs where you know, you're know monetizing just a website that has content on it, affiliate marketing, e-commerce, so I was just testing a bunch of different stuff. Noticed that there was a big need at the time for people like myself 
who are young kids that have these large followings keep in mind this is still in the the infant stages so to speak infant of the social media it's like people didn't know how to make websites how to monetize how to, it, it was a pretty strenuous process so um I, I saw this need and found different ways of monetizing my account so i figured i could bring it to the community the twitter community um and that's how i made this salsa rad platform called caffeine digital going into my senior year of college which was really successful that summer I was going, I was studying to be a dentist, to take my DATs, platform was blowing up. You would approach people and say, hey, you have this many followers, I can make you five grand a month. Exactly, or take, because, because the thing is because at the time I was already one of the largest, you know, I had like 10 million followers on Twitter at the time. Already, on already. this page? No, now I had a bunch of different pages. Okay, like, collectively. Yeah, a bunch, bunch of different themes. This is still like in 2012, 2013. Now it's 2014. Okay. Um, so it's not, I didn't even necessarily have to sell people because they always want to look up to the leader in the space. What are they doing to monetize? Yeah. They get curious. So I was able to, to you know, easily get them on my platform because it was working for me extremely well. And it's kind of already proven concept since I was kind of like influencing that space. So mm. that, was how, that was how I was able to onboard people give them incentives to get their other friends on on the platform so and so forth. And would you find them brand deals or would you? They weren't, so a lot, it was mostly, it was all performance based. So essentially just like affiliate marketing um, and many different offers, so to speak. So, you know, it could be a fitness lead gen for someone who's selling a fitness course. It yeah. could be an app install. You get them a code and they would make yeah. money off. It could be an app install. It could be someone selling a supplement. It could be someone selling, you know, hair extensions, a bunch of, Someone said lead gen for, you know, student debt or something like. So there's just tons of different offers that we were constantly testing. Yeah. Um, anyways, then we moved to Instagram, and this was all pre-algorithm. So there was everyone had a lot of reach. By pre-algorithm. Pre. It was it's still chronological. To me, I, so timeline was chronological on, on social media. On no matter what. Instagram and. And Twitter, like it's a, still chronological. A news feed, or the news feed was chronological. Yeah, literally, no matter who you're, fo you're following news feed, or you're just the general news feed. People who you follow. Okay. Yeah. So there now, was no. So like now, like on Twitter, it was like oh, now if like, I tweet, even though they may follow me, someone else's tweet may come first. That. Yeah. So like now, it's like also your your feed, and on Instagram too, it's like suggested all that. Yeah. None of that was there. It was literally just who you follow. Okay. Tweeted or posted. In chronological order. Okay. So, re so reach was a lot bigger back then, for the most part. Why is that? Um, for the most, so like, so like now it's where you know Twitter and Instagram will recommend your post if it has really high engagement. So the true influencers. Wouldn't that help your reach? So that's all I was gonna say. Yeah. So people who have that great engagement, it helps it them helps. to get more reach. But people who don't, which is if the majority of small, people, it's harder to grow. Yeah, which is the majority of people don't have that. Yeah. So for the majority of people, it limited their reach. Yeah, once the algorithm came in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. So, so especially if it was these you know theme pages that are like basic comedy pages or whatever, they typically don't have the highest engagement rates. Mm -hmm. So the post the the algorithm as it is now hurt most of them. Okay. So these pages that have you know massive amount of following could have massive amount of reach because of the reasons I just said. But all their engagement fell. Exactly. And, and especially now, you know, it's like if you tweet out ads on Instagram, yeah, my Twitter. My engagement's way lower. Engagement's way lower, so your reach is way lower. Yeah. So back then, you could, you, an ad would have the same reach yeah. as 
a normal post. Just because it wasn't affected by lower engagement. Exactly. Okay. So anyways, um, that platform had a lot of success. We had a few thousand people using it my senior year of college. What was that one called? Caffeine Digital. Okay. Um, so then through that, you know, I wanted to, because it was, it was just really difficult dealing with two ends. Were you doing this all by yourself? You have employees? I had a partner, I had a partner and okay. I had employees, affiliate managers. My brother actually started working with me at that time too. He's my older brother. He's, he was a dentist. Are these full-time employees or are you giving them commission on everything as well? It was or? all commission-based. Okay. Um, cause I, yeah, so it was still commission-based. I also had my own following still on Instagram, on Twitter, then moved to Instagram. Yeah, so were, were you trying to build up a personal brand through this as well yet? Or no, no, no personal okay. brand. I didn't, I, I, I didn't put any uh, focus why, into that why is, why is that? Because at the time, um, number one, it's a huge time commitment, I think, to properly grow a personal brand. It is. And um, I was really lacking. Number one, I was still in college. So, you know, biology major. Yeah. Um, was in a fraternity, had this business, Which had a girlfriend. Alpha Cairo was like small nationally. Okay. But um, so I just had like no time. And I didn't, to me, at the time, it wasn't important to grow a personal brand because it wouldn't really positive. I didn't think it would have an impact on my business. Yeah. Do you regret that? I mean, if I've, if I, if I've been uh, spending time growing a personal brand since 2015, I think that'd be pretty impactful today. So yeah, I guess you could say I regret it, but I don't like sit here. I still don't spend any you don't time growing wow, my personal brand. I wish I had exactly, myself. Exactly. But it's like, oh wow, look back. It's like if I've been putting that much time to growing personal brand since 2015, I, I haven't even thought about this actually until you just asked me. Um, you could like, have been pretty big yourself individually. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's like I'm, my day-to-days are busy enough for the last 10 years where like it hasn't really made an impact on me. But anyways, yeah, I, I do think growing a personal brand is extremely important, not just for the you know validation you get as from Getting growing a personal brand, but getting talent to your company, you know, investors if, if you ever need, um, the you know, ability to source deals if you're, if you, if you're looking to invest in companies, um, just always just being kind of like at that in, um, just getting a lot of deal flow to you and just things come to you a lot easier. I think growing a personal brand is super important for those reasons. Yes, I agree. And clients, obviously. Um, anyways, so then I pivoted, I started growing uh, my own direct consumer brands, started with a phone case company called Goat Case. This is still while caffeine is... It was still there, yeah, but I started putting more focus into that because it started winding down in 2017. Is that because the algorithm hurt it? Or? The algorithm hurt it, Instagram started, and Twitter started um, limiting reach on a lot of affiliate marketing posts that had like tracking and stuff like that. So there was a, bu- there was a bunch of issues, and I knew this wasn't a, like a long-term business did, for me. Did you ever, were you able to sell it, or did it just... We, we kind of just let it fizzle, fizzle out. We def- there was definitely an option to turn it into a, like how kind of like you mentioned true self ser- self serve where like actual brands can come in and connect like with an these agency. people. Not an agency because it would be like it's just like a platform. Uh-huh. I guess you could say I could have an agency component, but um, we spent a lot of money in tech and things. My partner weren't working out, so I thought thought it was best to just pivot. And because I knew how to. Um, through working with thousands of, of influencers and theme page owners, et cetera, I had a really good idea for uh, knowing what, what, a, what a post would be worth on these pages. Yeah. So when it was time to grow my own e-commerce brand, that was a big hack for 
paying these, these people to post about the brand. So that's how I, when I started launching my own brands, the first being Goatcase. Um, what is Goatcase? It was the, the first phone case company I launched. <clears throat> first D2C brand. And uh, so our primary source of marketing was through these theme pages, influencers, all that stuff. And so just, 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 just take a step back. So, is this you said it's an, is this like a dropshipping brand? You're we dropshipped for like two weeks, like sourcing from AliExpress yeah. and selling it for a higher margin. Yeah. Okay. We dropshipped drop shipped for two weeks, but because we had so much success so fast, we were doing like fifty thousand dollars a day after two weeks. Wow. So we thought we could turn this into an actual brand, and we also saw the potential phone cases. Yeah, the potential issues that might happen with drop shipping a brand at that scale for a prolonged period of time, mm-hmm. especially because all this was done through social media pages. What, like someone else just, coming in and undercutting you or something? Not just that, but just getting bad feedback, leading to high chargebacks, all that stuff at that scale could lead to a lot of issues. Okay. Um, so you got your own manufacturers and everything? Yeah, got our own manufacturers. We were fulfilling it in-house, which is the worst idea. Um, I always tell people that's the worst idea I've ever made. Um, everything, customer service. So it's like we went from zero to a thousand in, you know, overnight. And, and you're um, promoting your brand through your pages? Through, no, it's through my pages, paying all these other pages, had a whole team of people just buying shout outs all day, buying 100 shout outs a day at one point. But you um, were seeing the return on it. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing huge return on it. And um, essentially, my, then my thought process went from um, growing my own community, so to speak, growing the pages on social media, to growing brands. Because yeah. I thought you could, you, you have a lot more ownership over that. Generating cash flow. With the cost, yeah, generating cash flow, all that stuff. Um, well, the pages were making money too, but a lot harder to scale, obviously. Mm. So, uh, and you have dealing with a bunch of other platform-related issues and whatnot. Um, versus the brands, which you could scale, sell for a lot more money, etc. So that, that after I had a lot of success with Goatcase, my focus was how can I build a process that would allow me to replicate this with other products. Yeah. So that's what I did and grew a few other brands, um, shapewear brand. Again, so with company. Go Case, did that just fizzle out after? We sold it eventually. Okay. Um, a few other brands, at one point we were doing 25 million a year in revenue. Um, so then just, sold uh, a, a similar style yeah. of Goat Case. Yeah, okay. same marketing style. Um, sold the brands and then realized that, well, the inflection point there was you know, after running the same brands for a few years, kind of lost excitement and passion. Selling phone cases, selling bras, selling toothbrushes. It's like, I don't, it's It like, makes you money, but you're not. It makes you money, but after a few years doing it, it just like was no longer interesting yeah. or exciting to me. So I thought, what I really enjoy? And at that time, I really enjoyed growing brands, but not working on the same thing every single day. It's yeah. a bit monotonous. So that was the inspiration behind the agency. We knew how to launch and scale brands. We were really good at it from every angle. I already had a reputation in the space for growing my own brand, selling brands, the platform. Um, so it was easy for us to get clients. We had the case studies, all that. Um, and that was the inspiration behind the agency. Um, and then the Rap TV, because Rap TV it never really fits into that story. So it's yeah. like 2017. Is that just one of the pages that has so that, been with so, you? So it's, it actually started because um, so the first page I actually had on Instagram, after I moved the after I moved Caffeine Digital from Twitter to then working with Instagram publishers, was uh, I wanted to grow my own following. So the biggest 
Twitter pages at the time were all World Star, World Star comedy, right. World Star, you know, this that that weren't affiliated with World Star. And I noticed that they there weren't were, affiliated. We're not. No, they were just someone who had the idea yeah. of taking him. Okay. So uh, I noticed World Star didn't even have an Instagram at that point yet, and since they were having so much success on Twitter, figured it makes sense to do on Instagram. So I did that on Instagram. Funny World Star you was made named. a World Star on. Yeah. Did you get that? It was World Funny Star. World Star. Okay. Before World Star was even there, um, invested a lot of money growing it. We got a million followers in two and a half months. Um, once again, back in 2015, that's crazy. A million followers was that's crazy. A lot. <clears throat> yeah. Not like it is, is now. Is that organic or still doing your same paid promo? Doing it, so it started doing paid promo, then doing shout for shout. But you know, the shout for shout would work really well once again because it's you get so much reach on it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I was able to really quickly grow it, and eventually, what my inflection point, so to speak, was. When I started growing these brands and you know having a lot of success there, I want I I, I shifted from just little money here and there to I want to grow things that could have brand equity and grow something that could be sustainable. So as I have loved rap since you know literally forever, I was always super passionate about it, and kind of like the same thing I noticed with the influencers, whereas like no one was doing it, I noticed that there were advertisers, the you know, rappers were advertising that's how they grow a following it's how they get big is from social media yeah. and there was no rap pages on social media believe it or not there was no one big at least doing a good job of it world star was just covering fights back in the day or? yeah world star wasn't even and, and, and still is it's like world star like they touch upon hip-hop they're called world star hip-hop but like they're people i don't think people what i remember it like is rap from news. the og days is like fights yeah exactly fights viral viral um <clears throat> Video stuff like that, but you wouldn't think of it as like. Although it's called World Star Hip Hop, it's not it's like your go to like hip hop. MTV, where it's yeah. just focused on hip hop. Anyways, even on their in Twitter, they weren't even on Instagram, like I mentioned. They were. I don't. I don't think they were even covering rap. Other big people in the space, not like the Shade Room, would not touch rap. So there news. were no big. No one was so rap. Stop, so rappers were paying stuff. comedy accounts to promote their music. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so not only that, but you know, once again, as a rap fan. I felt like it was so hard to just keep up with what was going on. Of course, you go to blogs, but there's just so much nonsense going on. Um, and it's like, who wants to go to a website to get your information? It's like going out of your way. Um, and because there's, you know, now there are so many, so many platforms popping up, it's just hard to keep in, keep track. Yeah. And also hard to keep track of like who's relevant, who's popular, yeah. rap caviar. It's like, who are these random people popping yeah, up? No, I, I, I totally, I say all the time, like, when people ask me if, even, even, even still today, you know, people like me, ask me, do you like rap? I'm like, yeah, I like rap. And they're like, all right, who are your favorite artists? I couldn't name, you know, five, there's, there's a new artist every day. Yeah. Now. Like people ask me if I like rap. I'm like, yeah, I like 50 Cent, I like Eminem. I like, I, I can name like J. Cole Kendrick, but I can't name, you know, like Lil whatever. Yeah, so exactly. I, I totally agree. There's, they're, they're, Exactly. So it fit an actual need where it's like it makes sense for someone to aggregate everything in the rap world every day because there's so much going on every yeah. day. Drama, news, and new songs, albums. Or still 2016. It was like between 2016 and 2017. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I was like, oh, oh, you know, I already have the audience. I can, uh, I can start. I, you know, no one's doing it. So... I'll do it, and that was the that was the inspiration. Did you change it. your at from World Star Funny to at Rap? Is I actually that... end up selling that page, but I actually started growing originally just freestyles because freestyles people like that on social media was just like rap freestyles. So people would it, pay you to post their freestyle. To... People pay you to post, but people just like to follow freestyles. People like yeah. to see that content. 
So originally it was called Hottest Freestyles, and uh, it was just freestyle content, and uh, that eventually became rap, but yeah. How did you get that at? Through Connect at Instagram? Um, no, I ended up, you know, I, I knew, the person, knew, the, knew the person that had it, and, and uh, we uh, worked something out, but uh, I got lucky that I, I just knew the person that had it. And once again, because like no one was doing rap on social media, it wasn't necessarily worth much, because no one was doing it, right? It's worth what someone thinks it is. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So, you said you love rap. Where does, you know, and it's going back a little, why the dentist route? And then <laughs> did, did, did rap play, like, an influence when you were growing up? And, and it was just, you know, you, you did kind of say, you know, you're passionate about it and it was less monotonous than your other tasks. But why, you know, the dentist route and then... Yeah. Transition. So, not to be cliche, but like <clears throat> I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur since very young age. Was that kid like selling gum on, on on the on the school bus and whatnot? Um, but you know, I was like the, the the average. I always like to say like the average Jewish household. Like they want their kids to be doctor, dentist, lawyer. Yeah. Like that's it. So I wanted to go to school to do business, but as like a you know seventeen year old kid in two thousand ten, let's say like. I had no idea how to become like what to do like yeah. what do you what was like what business was like I have no idea yeah. so um, I thought you know from pressure from my parents like oh dentists can work for themselves I was like oh, I guess I still have that yeah you make good money so I was like okay I guess I'll do that like I don't know what else I would do um, so that, that was that was why I was gonna be a dentist wasn't really a very good reason so I'm thankful every day because it's like what if I didn't? If that conversation didn't happen, if I'd be looking at mouths all day. Yeah, and be and I'd be broke still. So, <laughs> how how were, this is a question I have to ask the you know young gamers who come here a lot. You know, what was your parents? You seem to have taken the approach of just smart. You know, growing this successful successful or using the proof of concept before you said, okay, I'm not going to be a dentist. A lot of these kids who come on here, you know, they say, okay, I'm not going to school. I'm going to pursue gaming while they still have five viewers. You know, and haven't made it yet. Were your parents okay with the decision to say, "Hey, man, mom, dad, I no longer want to be a dentist"? Or had had that? Absolutely that not. No. But um, you, you, from from what you said, it seems like you you had grown, you know, millions of followers before you gave up. on Well, not dentist. just the followers, because the followers are and, relevant, and have generated revenue. Money. But we were, you know, <clears throat> I was already making millions of dollars. So if you're showing your parents they're making millions of dollars, they still said, "Yeah, f that." Didn't matter to be a dentist. Didn't matter. Uh-huh. So what finally changed their mind? just like years and I think like consistent so like six months ago they were like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah like honestly it took years and just consistent success over years for them to prove that like what I'm doing is not a fad that'll go away I'm not gonna be homeless yeah because um, that's something they said to me they said when I said I'm not gonna be a dentist they said you know you're gonna be homeless you're gonna be a failure are your parents so doctors lawyers dentists or? my dad is an aerospace engineer my mom is a occupational therapist so, you know, both very safe careers. Yeah, yeah. So now, what is your day-to-day like? Is it mainly focused on Snow Agency? Is it, I'm sure, I'm sure you have a ton of employees running all these yeah. brands. What is, what, is, what is your day-to-day like? So my day-to-day really switches a lot. Um, and also Clora, the new gut health brand we launched. So, yeah, um, I, 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 I saw that. Is, is, is that your brand? So I'm one of the, the founders of it, yeah. Okay. One of three, my brother, and we also have the CEO, Kieran, who is a childhood friend of my brother, who I became good friends with and helped heal my gut, and that's how we, that was inspiration behind the brand. But um, 
Anyways, my day-to-day -day usually changes a lot. It's a lot of strategy-based, like trying to identify where the holes are, so to speak, and what I can come in to do, what I can come in to help with new ideas, training people. New ideas for these various Yeah, so new ideas, new ideas, or? not just, so, so like it depends, <clears throat> what if, you know, because that, that could be different based on the agency, rap, and Clora. Yeah. Um, so those are your three main focuses right now, Clora, Snow Agency, and... Yeah. Okay. How many employees do you have? The agency has about 90. Um, and these are people working with individuals who want to grow their yeah. following. Yeah, okay. so we have about 80 clients, so, you know, that's... You have 80 clients or 80... Yeah. Okay, so you have 80 clients. We have 90 employees. So, okay. 80 brands that we work with. Yeah. Um, Rap TV has, I believe, 15 full-time right now, but we have a lot of contractors we work with. You know, it could be hosts, editors, writers, et cetera, et cetera. So that's total is about 40, including all those contractors. And then Clora is just, we have two employees there. So for Rap TV, what is that like? Do you have some people, you know, looking for the news, sending to the social media man, you're a yeah. graphic guy who puts it together? Well, so, so, so it's also, it's like rap, the Rap TV is not just, you know, we're not just at rap on Instagram. We have many Instagrams. We have many Twitters, bunch of TikToks. We have Snapchat shows. We have YouTube. We have our newsletter. Yeah. We have our website, SMS list. So we're doing, you know, some activations. Like we just threw a concert a few months ago with Rolling Loud. Um, we're getting into more original content, programming, stuff like that. So um, yeah, there's do, a ton going on there. Where do you, I guess right now, what's the largest component of rap, the brand, and you know, where do you see, which sectors do you see growing? I, I, I know you mentioned Snapchat. From my knowledge, I know Snapchat has been dishing out a lot to creators to yeah. get on board. Yeah. Even some of the guys in my organization have gotten you know, offered from Snapchat yeah. to make original content there. So is that where you want to, to see rap going? Do you want it to be, you know, rap as a brand and a light you could create your own content, have your own merch, have yeah. all that? Or do you want to continue just, you know, covering stories? I think that um, <clears throat> news will always be relevant, especially in rap, because once again, it's like everyone wants that and there's so much going on. But I think in, really to elevate our brand, I think we need to have a voice so I think that's the direction we're going. Whereas like putting the faces to the brand, kind of like, you know, how other, like I think like Barstool has done that yeah. very well. Yeah. Where like people know those personalities are Barstool. Like a Dave Portnoy exactly. and podcast. Exactly, okay. exactly. So like that's the direction we're going. Um, also, if we can get some, some great content series going, you know, kind of like, you know. Hop, Do you want it to all be centered around rap? Or do I you think, want it to I, get it like a vlogger, it doesn't a necessarily gamer, have, Yeah, it doesn't. So like, even we actually <clears throat> expanded into gaming. Like, we have control yeah, I, by I, rap I, TV. I, I saw that because gaming and rappers, gaming and music, have such it's an overlap. Overlaps a lot. Yeah, it's like what's what's the biggest moment in gaming, right? When like Drake and Ninja Played did that. Him, yeah. Travis Scott did the thing in Fortnite. Like Marshmallow was a concert in Fortnite. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like there's there's such a big overlap behind gaming and music that we thought that was important. To cover and interesting was whenever we were posting on our rap instagram about gaming it was some Doing of our well. best posts uh -huh. like hundreds of thousands of likes yeah so that was how we saw that our followings also what are your demographics on the rap page is it mainly the 13 to 18 or is it 1825 right is it um i'm sure it overlaps with the gaming ages is, is yeah is, is why i asked you know i don't think instagram is too accurate off. under 18 but yeah everyone. 
like 18 to, to 34 is m most of it. Yeah. From yeah, what so the it, platforms tell oh, us. It overlaps with the game yeah. range. So anyways, to answer your question though, outside of, of just like what, continuing doing what we're doing, just growing or following all the platforms, getting into original you know, video content is, is really our- uh, Does that mean doing. signing creators yeah. to rap? Yeah. And is yeah. that rappers? And okay, so that can, could be, could be a rapper, it could be a gamer, yeah, it could exactly. be whatever. Exactly. Okay. Um, also, definitely toying with the idea of if, if rap could have consistent festivals going on, like the one we did at South by Southwest was awesome to see the was brand coming to life. Was that a success? To me, it was a huge success. Was it a yeah. financial success or? Wasn't ne not necessarily financial. Promotional. And yeah. Um, but just seeing that we can bring people to uh, an event and getting the brand out there and seeing how people responded to that. Um, once again, I think that that's also how we could just get more brand equity is getting more events. So it's like we're not just online. Yeah. Um, so bringing, bringing events in person. Um, Someone consider a, a, a logical step, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, making a label or, you know, getting rappers under rap. Is yeah. that something you've considered? Or? It's definitely something we consider. There's a few rappers we were talking to um, that we were pretty close to. It just ended up not being able to work out a deal. Hmm. But to me, there's priorities. And the priorities I mentioned, the, the things that I wanted to do, take precedent before Making signing money. rappers. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard to do a lot of things at once. Is, yeah. I'm already doing a lot of things at once. Yeah. So doing a lot of things at once at a specific company is already hard and doing it well. So I want to focus on what I think is the lowest hanging fruit that could have the biggest impact. And what would you say those things are right now? The, for sure, like the content. Yeah, And getting content like the host and all that. Especially, I mean, that's where the, the, the platforms are going. They literally said, we're, we're awarding original content. Yeah. So that we literally need to get there to to just survive and be relevant. Yeah, I think that, that that's where the sponsor dollars are. I, yeah. I I just had a phone call with the talent agency we work with, and you know they said you know everyone's cutting back on all this other stuff, but hey, get me five guys in a house who are making original content. I'll get you to sponsored. So at least from the brands my agency speaking to, it follows what you said. They're all yeah. they're all they are all looking for that lifestyle original content. Exactly, exactly. So um, I think that is that's the priority just getting that up and running cranking making great content is really hard it is you know very it's hard. not it's not easy i lived in for, for my gaming organization i lived in a content gaming house very hard to you know you have it's it's a lot of young people it's a lot of people who you know will come on and say yeah i'm super down to do this two weeks into it they're not it's a lot of people you know from all walks of life a lot of people you know, their motivation is up and down. Again, you're dealing with mainly young people who don't necessarily know what they're doing with their life, who it's just a very turbulent and not easy to manage uh, path other than, you know, of course, the production side of things and making, you know, original content. Uh, there are a lot of moving pieces and it's hard. So, um do, do you have you know plans in place already for, yeah. for this or what, what, what yeah so what, we've, what we've hired a few like? great people that 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 uh like producer like yeah like I, ideas people or? head of editorial people head of, head of ideas execution putting that together um so we started doing that in the last really 30 days mm. um putting that out there but as you know it's just now all about consistency getting our followers and algorithms and whatnot to like start recommending our original content because it's also hard to get a content we're making as 
um, easily digestible, so to speak, as like viral news. Yeah. So that's another thing. What, what content have you been producing? Right now, just interviews, okay. stuff like that, because that's the lowest hanging fruit. And is that, are, are you doing the interviews or do you have... No, you have no, right, we're doing just artists in front of the camera, not like an interviewer. Like a rapper? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it could, once again, it could be cool to expand into athletes talking about rap because there's the huge overlap gamers so like there's a bunch of different angles we could take it and a bunch of ideas we have but it's just getting started um we have the we, we have the video content like you said on, on snapchat but it's a lot more short form so that isn't totally like the direction we're, we're trying we want to continue doing that putting a, a huge precedence there from a just business perspective is that where you're seeing the best results oh the best results are really just advertisers across our social channels uh -huh. because we have a huge you know in terms of generating revenue yeah okay snapchat's great though yeah so obviously with rap you you know are covering everything have has that led you to you know do you hang out with these rappers do you are do you, you know or have, have there been any you know controversies you know Lil, Lil Wayne calls you up, hey, why did you post it about me? Have, have, did, that happened. Did, did, did oh, yeah. People, like, so the first question, I don't hang <clears> out <throat> with too many rappers personally. I kind of let my team do that since they're the ones dealing with the labels, dealing with the artists, dealing with the managers. I'm kind of behind all the scenes giving the have, team. My, has the rap team developed close relationships with yeah, these rappers? Yeah, definitely. Tons of different rappers, obviously all the labels. Um but like I don't, I don't personally get too, uh, too in in the weeds with that, especially because you know my team is super passionate about it, and I love to see them putting themselves out. You know, they're traveling all over the country and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second question was, oh yeah, we get people nonstop. Can you delete this post? Can you do this? It's like of rappers themselves, or, or you know, they're, yeah, they're, rappers asking their PR people, labels, managers, like. This isn't a good look for. Can you delete? Da, 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 what do you da. do in that situation? Say no. <sighs> it's tough. It's tough. It's really tough. Sometimes we're just like we, you know, we have to post this. This this is what's going on. There have been times where like we've worked with them on it, um, and let them know we we can't let you just moderate what's going on, what we say. Like that's what why people follow us. Um, so there's no like strict answer we have. It's mm. yeah. Okay. Bit bit liquid in that aspect. Yeah. So transitioning over to Snow Agency, um, are you, you know, you mentioned earlier yeah, in terms of your day-to-day -day strategizing, what does it look like for Snow Agency? Is that trying to find new clients? Is it trying to find better ways to monetize what they're doing? Or Yeah. Is sales is definitely a big part of what I do. Um, you personally? Personally, yeah. Reaching out to brands? Not necessarily reaching out. I get a lot of inbound because saying hey like, this is my product do you have the influencers for me not ads typically for ads yeah or email mark or creative whatever not as much influencer but um yeah because i've worked with so many different people a lot of people come to me to want to grow their brand yeah so getting on sales calls with them talking with my sales team just going over that so sales is a big part of what i do um so strategy just like seeing what's going on in the business giving strategy to my team like we're doing this well like are we thinking about doing this just bringing in new ideas to the table, really, and auditing what's going on to see if we can do better and just making sure people are up to speed because you know we're constantly hiring new people, making sure they're trained, making sure they know best practices, all that type of stuff. 
Um, recruiting is a big thing as well, is trying to find talent. Um, and to represent? To work for us, for yeah, the agency, yeah, yeah, yeah. as an employee. Um, people management as well, we have a lot of employees, so yeah. have to make a lot of hard decisions a lot of the time. So uh, that's it. And then just, you know, working with our department heads. Yeah. Get understanding where they're at, giving input, and so forth. So that, that takes a lot of time. Mm. And the third brand, I don't, I don't want to mispronounce the name, Clora. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. Or? So that one launched only about two months ago. The team it's was Clora? Working, yeah. Team was working on it for literally like 18 months, but I wasn't too involved in in the weeds, bring the brand to life. Um, but now I am, now, now that it is here. So really just driving a lot of strategy, like marketing angles, creative angles, this is what, what you're is, doing. What is the product? So we have two products right now. One is a prebiotic and postbiotic called Gut Renew, and the other one is a uh, digestive enzyme called Bloat Digest. So it helps, first one just helps people that have prolonged issues like leaky gut and all this stuff, helps solve those, those symptoms to just have a healthy gut so you don't you can digest your food and all the symptoms second one is just good for if you're eating a heavy meal you can take these digestive enzymes so you don't get bloated and feel disgusting mm. so i swear the by process health. it does this need fda approval does it, no no supplements need fda yeah, approval really like if you go to a vitamin shop like none there's none yeah. yeah so that process was and how involved were you in the pro making it you said it's more, more my partner yeah my partner is a doctor so he was the one that dealt with all the formulations and science the manufacturers all that another one of our employees color she dealt with all the branding the design the messaging um so i was there you know to give a third party opinion but didn't get too in the weeds with like getting getting the brand to life my specialty is then scaling the brand so yeah. now that's where i'm giving the team a lot of ideas strategy marketing concepts is it available for sale yet how, yeah how and how, how how's it going is it it's going well. Um, dealing with uh, our hardest part was just dealing with the platforms. So, like Facebook is so annoying with like new new businesses. They limit you to like fifty dollars a day in ad spend for really? a while, and just like a bunch of just stupid issues like that. But now the brand's really up and running, and we're seeing traction, and we're constantly testing new stuff. So overall, the brand is you know it's only two months old, but the brand is is is, is on the on the right trajectory. How is you definitely? No, way, way, way better than me. You know, from an outside perspective, it seems like Facebook. You know, my generation and our generation. You know, when we were thirteen, fourteen, all, all gone on Facebook and kind of left it. You know, four or five years ago. From an ad, you know, perspective, do you still see great results from Facebook? Yeah, I, I'm sure that I, I. It seems like again, you know, older people are still on Facebook, but yeah, younger oh. kids seem like they're not as much. Also, it's Facebook and Instagram. So when it's I Facebook, say Facebook, it's Facebook because Instagram. Instagram is just a placement. Yeah, it's a checkbox and. If you run ads, typically everything is auto-check. Uh -huh. So it's an Instagram. But do you see on your end where the clicks are coming from? Yeah, if it's mostly Facebook? on Instagram. Uh -huh. But, you know, the people with the purchasing power are not are our age. Yeah, it's older. older. And Those they're still are using Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. So Facebook is still a very, Facebook, not even Instagram, Facebook is still a very powerful tool. It's the best tool for acquiring customers, bar none, right now really? on the internet still. TikTok is definitely great. It's Everyone's always been looking for like, what's it? The people another? with the money don't have TikTok. No, you can you can have a lot of success on TikTok. Facebook is just a lot more predictable, and a lot it's a lot more people can have success there versus like there's some brands that can have success on TikTok, some just can't. 
versus Facebook. It's like if you're selling something online, you sh- can probably have success there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Facebook's a lot more consistent. Yeah. So now, I mean, you have these three brands or more. Um, what is your, and we kind of touched on this, you know, you, you, you want to grow content with rap and, you know, create that more so of a brand but what's your really goal you know in the next year or two do you want to you know somehow combine all of these together is or you know what is the end goal for you really with these brands you've been doing this for a long time so clora works with the agency clora is an, a client of the agency so that is kind of while it's two different businesses it's it kind of it they're synergistic in that mm-hmm. aspect so there's really not much like too much of a day-to-day that changes especially because like when i'm giving advice to the marketing teams that is that are essentially training my own employees. And it allows me to actually get more in the weeds than ever because now it gives me new ideas that I can bring to the rest of the team for all their accounts. Yeah. And typically identify patterns for like what the employee's thinking about because it probably means that there might've been something in training that was lacking, et cetera, et cetera. So it actually helps me get a lot more in the weeds and, and bring you know ideas to, to the rest of my leadership mm-hmm. team. Um, with Rap TV, there's so much fucking potential there with just like so many things we can do. So wanting to spend a lot more time there because I, you know, it really is something special. It's like someone always tells me, it's like, you know, like why, like why, what makes it great? It's like there's not, like for example, Clora. It's like there's a million gut health brands. Like I think it's who it's is who is who is your big competitor with Rap? Are there? That's the thing. It's like there's only one Rap TV. There's not yeah. three of us. You can't. A second one can't just pop up. Have you up noticed Worldstar try and transition to be more like you guys? A little bit, but like not much. So there, 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 there really is no there, you could, there, hip-hop. Like, no, at, one, at, no one is like doing, hip-hop. I would say, exactly what we're doing. There's people that have overlap. Like, you know, Complex, Complex. has overlap. It's not the same. Worldstar has overlap. It's not the same. Shade Room has overlap. Why it's do not you the think same. that is? It's it's not a huge barrier. I I could go start an Instagram and you know. Well, cover, because cover now, because like just like I mentioned, it's really hard to grow really following, hard to grow for following that. We were first to the market, and yeah. it's like bigger gets bigger. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And when everyone's posting the same thing, who do you want to follow? You want to follow a guy who's not the first, who's not the biggest? Like yeah. I would want to follow. The company that's the biggest yeah. that has the best reputation. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the big reason for it. Do you personally want to stay involved? And you know. Yeah, absolutely. I I really enjoy it. Is that what keeps you going? You know, because you it's because you're passionate about this. Oh thing? yeah. I mean, is that your passion for rap, or is that your passion for just working? Is number one, I'm passionate about rap. Number two, I'm passionate about new challenges. So you know, I've been doing. Direct, growing direct consumer brands and advertising for a decade now. I, like media is something I haven't done. So it's like, that's a new challenge. Mm-hmm. To me, that's exciting is like building that. Um, and also creative, it's like, it's all creative based. It's all so, and it's all instant gratification because we've so, such a big following. We can quickly test, see what's working. Like to me, that that's that's gratifying. Um, so, that that to me it's like a new challenge and it's you know we have a we have a huge following already so it's like i know that every day we're not building towards something that we mentioned is a day that's like we're losing and competitors could be could be doing it yeah so yeah something i want to touch on we spoke about a bit before and the podcast went live is the nft and web3 space has obviously blown up in the past year or two you know me being in the gaming industry a lot of gamers you know we're promoting nfts getting you know paid promos for that 
was rap you know involved at all how were you hit up by you know all these projects were you interested at all or is rap on the other side of things is rap you know getting into the web3 space and want everyone to do their own project or yeah, so I, I was very curious and interested for Rap TV to do a Web3 project. Just and I to think, drop an NFT. Yeah, and I think there's really cool things that we could do. Definitely. But in order to do those really cool things, it requires a shit ton of work um, to not just be a cash grab. Yeah. So I wasn't comfortable putting that out there unless I was really confident we could execute on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, we mentioned all the, like bandwidth is an issue and it's like, I didn't have someone that could lead that and do that while we're doing all these other things. So that was the reason why we never launched anything. Um, but you know, it's not going away. I mean, I, th- I think now, especially since now is the downturn, I think it's going to be like that for the next few years. Yeah. It can give us the the idea to start building without that like hype. B- yeah. without the hype, which allows you to focus more on quality yeah. than just bringing something to market as fast yeah. as you can to get in on the hype yeah. and money. You know. During this craze, were brands messaging, I'm, I'm sure, you know, offering you insane sums of yeah. money to promote their... Yeah, the, the weirdest NFTs. What was, what was the craziest random, offer you guys got? We were there. offered like 60000 At the time when Bitcoin was worth like $60,000, one Bitcoin to put, just post. A post or a story or... Just, I believe it was just one Instagram post. Oh. Um, and we were offered that tons of times. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly shocked that wasn't more. I know friends who got tens of thousands. Yeah. Just like a 200,000 follower Twitter. Yeah. That's crazy, but uh, I definitely always try to keep brand integrity. And you were so you, you rejected I never, all. Yeah, the, I never um, never took a dime for for any NFTs. We posted Rich the Kids NFT or something like that for free. Um, I don't know why our team wanted to do that, but we never pay, uh, took on any, any any. Actually, I don't even think we posted. I think we just like made it our uh, profile picture one day. Uh-huh. Yeah, we never even posted it. But uh, we're just like supporting him or whatever. Um, I w- always knew that how our brand, our fans would see it is like, oh, Rap TV is just a, a cash grab. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what. And once you do that, with. then I think you lose a lot of the integrity of the brand and trust. And then that you know, it's super hard to get that, and so so easy to lose. And I saw that if we were taking that, our fans would obviously know, and they would lose a lot of the trust. So yeah. that was the reason why. While it was smart. tempting, um, never took that. No, you're smart. Uh, a lot of a lot of brands and a lot of rappers. You know, I have advised a few rappers and a few you know influencers on whether or not they want to do their own drop. And the biggest question that comes up is, you know, what is the actual utility of this NFT? You know, you may raise five million dollars from it, but then you know, what are you giving your fans in return? So, I think it was a very smart decision if you did not feel that you had the proper utility to offer. And you know, yeah, there is cool stuff coming up now, like Royal. Um, are you familiar with that company? Royal, I'm, I'm not. They raised like $80 million to, to essentially tokenize songs. Yeah. So that, like to me, that is a really cool idea. That's something I get behind. That's a brand that we want to work with. I think that's super fucking cool. Yeah. Um, even doing that for live events. Like that's something I, I, would, I would happily promote. Yeah, I, I, I would figure for rap, you know, if you dropped one, you could... You know, say if you own this NFT, you get into our future concerts, you get into our events, you get into, yeah. you know. Not just that, but like I know there's like event platforms coming out that are, I don't know, NFTs or tokenized or whatever, so like the artist can see the upside of that resale uh, and whatnot. Didn't someone release, didn't a rapper release, sell like a million copies of their song via yeah, an NFT? Yeah, How did that work? Do, 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 do you know? I mean, do, do you know? 
I think he sold them for like a dollar or something, yeah, right? Yeah, so he so he sold them for a dollar, but then and then so did did they get royalties on the song? Is is is, is that like the equity? I think in, I think you, I don't think royalties. Or I think it was just ownership. Yeah, I think you're just you're just paying them. That was but that, that was that was I, like, it was like yeah. a gimmick. It was just a gimmick. I really don't know what ended up happening. Yeah, if you're paying a dollar, like what do you expect? Yeah, what what are you what are you getting? I think it just it was like support. A yeah. So also, if you remember around that time. Tory Lanez was, was making all that money from people just donating on his Instagram lives uh-huh. too. So I think it was just like a donation almost how people saw it. I don't know if people were like expecting to make money. I really don't have no idea. Yeah. But uh, that was great for him. Yeah, yeah. I've, I follow a few. One of them, uh, you know, the guy who did the song Jordan Belfort, like Jordan Belfort, yeah. he's trying big in the space. His name's Dill, D-Y-L. He's, you know, I don't want to say pioneering the space, but I follow him on Twitter and we've spoken a few times. He is like tried to drop NFT albums and stuff like that. I've never looked too much into it. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how it works. An um, interesting, I don't understand how it works either because it doesn't make sense in that aspect to me. But an interesting comp too, I think Snoop Dogg, if you remember, bought Snoop like Def was... Jam or something and then released an NFT album yeah. and apparently made like. Forty-five million dollars. No, the the, the 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 sums of money are insane. But like you said, it's like, do the fans see a share based yeah. on their owner? Like, I and don't then think. I also think that. So it's like, then if you're not seeing that, then what are you buying? It also may be illegal in terms of you know. This is what I've you know dealt with a few companies. You know, say I want to, you know, start it. Say you and I wanted to start a company tomorrow. We had a great idea. If we launched an NFT to raise the money, does it become an illegal? Securities offering under the SEC. A lot of people are dealing with that now. You know, if you're raising funds to start a company and promising yeah. some sort of return, yeah. when is the SEC going to come knocking and say, you know, okay, was this person? I'm sure you know you have to be an accredited investor to buy a private yeah stake in a company. So it, even with the song, if you're promising someone future royalties, I'm not sure if that would be a you know some sort of investment. In and a, yeah, in a, in and a how would they and how would they even have it set up? Yeah, I don't know. Really interesting. A really great, uh, a really great um, example of, of of a brand doing an NFT well that I thought was so fucking interesting was I believe Overtime. They worked with Magic Eden. Mm-hmm. You know that they're on like the I'm, solo- I'm I'm close with the CEO of Overtime Gaming. Nice. So I thought they did the coolest thing, and I thought that was cool if we could replicate. So for for March Madness, they like released I don't know hundred thousand brackets. And it was like everyone received a unique bracket, and based on the results, like whoever won that. So you'd buy an NFT and it'd be randomly generated in March. Exactly, bracket. and it could like keep. Tra- I thought cool. so. So it's like game, like ga- gamifying that of the NFTs, with your audience is to me a really cool and unique idea. I was thinking like, how can we replicate that? Yeah. Um, especially because we do rap. Is that not like an illegal raffle or illegal sweepstakes? Or? I don't know. The, the, that's what it comes down it's, to it's this, the legalities of it all yeah there's gray. I'm curious what's going to happen over over the next few years because I mean I don't think you can just host an illegal raffle like that <laughs> or, but again it's like the wild west um, yeah but yeah I mean it'd be cool if rap you know you if you do the same thing you know buy this if you're you know for the Grammys or whatever if your yeah. rapper wins or goes if this album goes platinum, you yeah win, yeah like win, like win, yeah win. like like song of the year. Yeah, there's obviously thousands of rappers. If you get Drake, it's gonna be great. Just yeah. if you get yeah. Kansas as a one seed, like yeah. Yeah. whatever. So stuff like that to me is 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 really interesting. But like you said, I guess at the end of the day, it's just like a 
you could say it's a raffle. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm I don't know about that. I'm not sure how that works. So, we're talking about your brands and you know companies. What do you you know do for fun? How do you stay motivated? How does you know what is your outside life like of running rap and snow agency in Clora? Yeah, I'll tell you my day to day during the week doesn't get too crazy. Like. During the week, I would go to the gym in the morning, 7 a.m. Are you still a big fitness guy? This all started with fitness. Yeah, I'm big, big, big into fitness, big into into health. I did a few triathlons last year. Awesome. Got, that was new for me. Got into cycling during COVID. Like that was re- that was really fun. But I I'm a big believer in fitness, not just because like I'm into it, but just for everyone, especially health. if you're a high functioning person. I don't understand how people can be unhealthy and and operate at a high level. It takes level. a whole toll on all aspects. Of yeah, life. like when I am lazy and I start eating like shit, I don't go to the you gym. Like it it makes me it makes me lose literally motivation. Like I, I have a problem. Um, I start getting like, brain fog, fatigue, with physically and mentally. Like I just don't you know I'm, I don't feel great. So I'm a big believer in that just because I feel that in all aspects. Just of a life. sidetrack for a second. Whatever happens to that fitness page again? Did oh, um, eventually I, I sold like sold it. I either sold my whole network or the whole network got banned by Twitter. Twitter banned every like meme page. Why? I have no idea. Okay, they banned like everyone who had a big meme page, so to speak. Back in like twenty fifteen to seventeen, they called the purge. Banned everyone, uh-huh. literally everyone. That's why you don't even see really like meme pages anymore. On yeah, Twitter, yeah, really. I remember seeing. They like, literally don't exist anymore. Hoodville or Hood's finest. Yeah, they're or... all gone. They're all gone. Crazy, yeah. Okay, yeah, but back back to working out. And- yeah, so I'm I'm really big into fitness, huge believer in that. Um, just because it, it allows me to, to function at a high level. Um, Do you work out every day or not every day? Like like I know my like four to five days a week. You going to the gym? You doing cardio? You go to yeah, I go to the gym. I love bar- huge fan of Barry's. I love Barry's. Okay, um, or any fitness classes like that. It just you know, it just allows me even if I'm unmotivated, I'm tired, all I have to do is just show up. Do you have any desire to get back into the fitness industry? No. Okay. No. Um, But I do sell supplements now, so you could say maybe, I don't know. But uh, anyways, so then, then, you know, after work, maybe dinners with friends or business dinners or maybe some industry meetings. Other than that, during the week, I don't, it doesn't get too crazy. Weekends in Miami, I look forward to, you know, enjoying on, on the boat, on the beach traveling somewhere so always doing something fun with with friends and, and whatnot being in miami there's so many things to do there's events going on all the time do you stay here during the summer i know a lot of people leave um i'm still undecided i thought it would be really interesting i've always wanted to live in a different place internationally so i was thinking like it would be really cool to live in london or paris or even like mexico city idea, for a month yeah. Have you been to Mexico City? I haven't, but I've heard the best that you've been there. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, my family used to go a lot. The food's great. The culture's great. Yeah, everyone tells me it's it's the most underrated city. No, it's 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 uh, it's cool. And if you like Mexican food, (laughs) I love all types of food. It's good. So I'm still considering. It sounds great in theory. Um, You can do all your work remote. Yeah, yeah. So there's like there's no reason why I wouldn't go other than like my routine. Like I like my routine. how did the pandemic affect your business? It may have helped in a sense in terms of more people being online Tremendous and everything. Or? Yeah, like e-commerce had the biggest explosion of growth. Like what they said, the stats, like during COVID, 
what e-commerce was supposed to grow in 10 years grew in a year. Yeah. Wow. So that when you and when you add in all the stimulus, people were just buying so much shit online. It was crazy. Like it was I like I said I've been doing this for almost a decade now. It was the best period of time I've seen for any e-commerce brand ever. What about now? Um, now it's are, the hardest. Are, are, do you do you <laughs> now follow, it's the hardest? It's do you very follow hard. the markets and yeah, of course. What what are, what are your thoughts on where we're headed? Do you think you know we should be printing too much money and inflation is going to keep rising or? Yeah, it's a huge concern to my to my close friends who are in the industry. We are already in a recession, and I don't see it getting much better. Seeing a lack of consumer spending, or um, I believe, yeah, I, I believe that that's that, that's what it is. There's what GDP. Uh, there hasn't been GDP growth in the last two quarters or something like that, right? Uh, a recession would be a decline well, for in two, GDP yeah, for two, growth for two, two quarters. successive quarters. And there's yes. been one? There's and been one. So, um, it's just based, once again, just based on people, people are much smarter in the industry telling me it's not going to look good over the next one to maybe two years. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think that um, it's hard to see inflation getting much better. Interest rates, I'm sure, are going to continue to rise. You know, people discussing the Fed literally needs to like kill the economy in order for inflation to go down. Yeah. So it's like, what happens then? All asset because because in order for inflation to go down, you have to kill demand. Kill demand when people don't have much money. Yeah. So there's real concerns that are already you know you already we already see it in the market. Huge companies are having huge layoffs. Yeah. Coinbase fired has, thousands has, of people. Has this affected Snow Agency at all? Or it's definitely what advertisers are willing to spend. Is, is I think that it's just gotten a lot harder to advertise because costs have gone up because of let's say Facebook has been the and still is the, the uh, most used platform for advertising and because there's uh, slowing Again, Facebook, you mean Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, slowing user growth. Now they have to increase what costs charging. of their ads mm-hmm. per impression. So costs are rising, conversion rates are have decreased since since COVID. Because people are less interested in buying things. Yeah, less interested in buying things, or maybe you know because of the economy or layoffs. Who knows? Who knows? A bunch of different. Yeah, things. because they have less disposable income. And iOS fourteen happened. If you're familiar with that at all, I'm not. So it's essentially all the, the privacy. You literally drive on the pisses me off every time I see it. When you're you know you see TV commercials, Apple's billboards all over the place, like privacy. You see that. So when they implemented the iOS 14 update, it asks you, you have to opt in to allow apps to track. And I think like 90 something percent of people did not allow tracking. Therefore, advertisers Don't can no longer have as effective ads. So, so you, ads are no longer as effective. You can't track people and costs are rising. You, you may know Hard. the answer to this. Is my iPhone listening to me when I say when I say, yo, I'm interested in buying a Rolex? Can am I am I then getting targeted ads? You know, I have no idea, but it's a, it's crazy. They have they have to like literally the other even organically the other day, I literally told someone I really want to go to Florence. You get an ad for Florence? No, I pull up my phone. The first picture on my timeline is a girl in Florence. Yeah, it's that weird. I, someone I already follow. Like it's weird. Like that's it's not even someone that's like a close. There's, like, there are certainly tracking crazy. Google searches when I you know when if I you know Google that I want to buy a watch I then get targeted ads for watches. That, yeah, that's a thing. But yeah, it, yeah, because then the people like Facebook does Google sells that information. I assume or? no, that and also like they have intent of what people are doing and you do like look like audiences and all the platforms like people who are buying stuff in a category, looking it up, researching it, following pages. 
they they'll like allow you to target those people, or they have interest based already like yeah pre populated interest based and do you get their categories. info? Yeah, as advertisers, you get yeah. access to that. Yeah. Back sidetracked a bit. So, weekends in Miami. What are what are what are those like? Yeah. So you know, beach pool. There's a there's always events going on. That's the thing I love about Miami is like Miami's become the hub to throw an event. Um, Especially, I think COVID's accelerated that with uh, yeah being yeah. less regulation in Miami, obviously compared to the city. Yeah, by city. and it's the I best mean, city I'm, in my opinion. I mean New York. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I like it a lot. So, not to sound like weird, or, uh, you you know owning rap does it get you into a lot of places? You know, or are you ever recognized or do you get special treatment? Like, oh my god, this is you know Daniel. He's the guy from. Uh, um, I actually don't leverage that at all. Oh. Like zero, and everyone always tells me I should leverage it more. Um, pros and cons. Just so that I don't like, I don't like to be that fake. guy. No, not even the, the face. I don't want to be the face, but like no, I don't like want to be that guy that's pe- like people like you because you own rap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I don't, um, I don't play that card much. Mm-hmm. But it would be, you know, there definitely would be. There would be some, be nice. some, uh, ben- some yeah. benefits. Yeah. So. Now, you know, you've obviously been successful over the past decade. It's something I ask people a lot, you know. Some kid, you know, is grinding in his college room or, you know, wants to get into drop shipping or wants to get into e-commerce or wants to start their own brand. What's, you know, the best few pieces of advice you would give to someone who, you know, wants to be a guy like you? I would say, depending on where you're at, number one is to literally just start it. Starting yeah, it is the hardest that's what part. I tell everyone. People come to me with ideas, say, hey, I want to do this, this, this. I'm like, all right, so start it. Yeah, start it and make mistakes, learn from it. Like, that's how you do it. You know, yeah. you could read all about it, you could know everything, but until you start it and iterate, it's, you know, it's you're not going anywhere, literally. So starting it is the hardest. Um, the second thing I would say is to try and work for for someone who you really look up to and are and mm-hmm. could see yourself let's say wanting to be or wanting to learn from them etc even working for free especially if you're younger you can yeah. take that risk um, so that you know that's where you can you can learn the most you can gain a network you can you know do a, a, a lot of different things and literally when you're young especially being able to do that for free is a huge um, it's a huge hack because you don't have any responsibilities like when you're I don't know, 30 years old, you might have a, a wife, family, kids, I don't know, like, you can't be, you can't do that. So taking risks early on is, uh, I think is really important. And I would say the third thing is, for, at least for me, it might be different for a lot of people because I didn't have any support. And I always say like, this is one of the reasons why I was initially successful is because like, you know, when I initially started, all my friends were hating on it, family didn't support. Of course, yeah. So I think just being, confident in yourself and and not listening to the opinion of others in fact even not even trying to seek the approval of others early on um just putting your head down and, and, and working um is super important so it's like if you know what you want to do just fucking do it you don't need to tell everyone about it you don't need to put it on your instagram bio um you know influencer yeah. guru whatever um just do it and, and 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 don't get disappointed by failure like for me literally like it was whenever i i saw a failure all the time it's like really trying to learn from that and being appreciative of it because that's where, where growth happens. So like having that thought process going into it is really, really important because too many people give up too soon. Yeah. No, I, I, I've i failed so many times, especially at the start. I thought my esports company would fail. I thought, you know, whatever I've started would fail, but you're 
got to keep pushing forward. This question I wanted to ask, uh, how do you, this, I don't, not to be too personal, but how do you manage your finances today? Do you have, you know, are, are, are you heavily invested in the market? Do you, are you, are you a materialistic guy? How, how, how do you go about spending what you've made? In, this, in November, I had I not much money in my bank account, like, like in my, like, meaning it was all invested. In your own businesses or in the market? No, no, in, in the market and in private investments, okay. funds. I was levered up like, I don't know, at one point, one and a half million dollar like huh. line of credit against my stocks to buy more yeah. investments. Uh, so I was heavily levered well out the fucking ass. In November. Yeah, I was up. A lot? A lot. Yeah. Um, and then I and kind of saw what was happening, did, so did, I delevered all did, that. Did that decision... Are you, are you speaking to financial advisors telling you to get into no. the market post COVID? No, I don't. I don't think finan- I don't listen to really financial yeah. advisors. I listen to friends who are smart, who are extremely smart in the industry, yeah. who are not financial. But advisors. you don't want to pay they, someone one point five percent. Yeah, they might be working for a hedge fund or yeah. whatever. I listen to those people. That those people wouldn't be a financial advisor. Yeah, you know, yeah. at like a local yeah Chase Bank or whatever. But you know, I, I also have a great relationship with with my banker. He always gives me ideas and insights or whatever as well. Um, I like to, to really take a lot of ideas from many people who I respect and then try to make my own decision from that. Mm. In fact, I do the same thing in business. Even I do the same thing in personal. I do the same thing. I just dis- uh, decorated my house. I did the same thing there. So I really like to do that is to get a bunch of different do ideas. Do you own your place here in Miami? Yeah, I bought it. Yeah, awesome. um, anyways, so how I invest, is, you know, stocks, uh, most of my money is in the stock market. I have a real estate portfolio. I have 10, 10 properties. That you're renting out? Yeah, renting out. So I have six multifamily home, six multifamily phone, six multifamily homes. My other apartment in New Jersey that now I'm just renting as an investment property, a medical building, a warehouse studio. Now this one, yeah, so I have a real estate portfolio. Um, Invested in some funds, you know, real estate funds, um, a few of those, some, uh, some, uh, you know, tech growth funds. Yeah. The are you keep uh, angel investments? No. Everyone says you can't time the market. Have you sold any of these in the recent fear? Yeah, building everything. Through I started or? selling between December and May. So is. So you were selling during the recent sell-off in the market, or yeah, trimming some, just like getting rid of some positions, just because you're worried it'll go lower, or I, th- I think it's gonna go. I think it's gonna go lower. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. It's really only my, my tech positions that. Um, were but, you uh, affected? All, were you? In, I had very little in crypto, tech or no. That's good. <laughs> I was very heavily invested in crypto in 2016 and 17. Um, Is that post that dump or did you ride it up or? before before that so i bought my first bitcoin 2016 or 17 when it was 2500 ethereum was like 68 dollars um and in like three months i was up a million dollars and i was like this is great got like hooked on it and did then saw my back? portfolio go down over 90 percent because i was in all altcoins uh-huh. and i kept buying more and more and more on the way You're up buying the dip so Oh, you're buying it while 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 it was going. Yeah, because uh-huh. um, I, I was like buying it, so I had like fifty percent downside. I didn't think it was going to go down ninety five percent. So 
Um, you know, so, so it's worth you know a lot of money to then being worth below six figures total. So my net, my now my principal was down hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you were down. You weren't from my it. principal. Yeah, yeah. So it was just the worst feeling in Did the world. Did that get you away from crypto, and you haven't touched it since? So I, I told myself like I feel like the biggest fucking idiot yeah. ever. Yeah. What the fuck am I investing in? <laughs> yeah, like, you're investing. I was investing in the stupidest yeah. shit. I invested in Peep Cash. Yeah, that actually I held that. I found that. In like 2021, I was like, it's "Oh, up. yeah, it's worth like eight thousand dollars." I seven x this in yeah. 2016. So I was like, "I actually was ahead of my time." I bought Peep Cash instead of maybe NFTs, but um, I was buying all these stupid altcoins, random shit coins, writing shit coins, and uh, I told myself, "When I get when I when when the, when it goes back up, I'm sure it will." I'm getting out because like, so you're still holding the same Bitcoin from 2016. No, no, I what I, I sold it between. Twenty thousand and thirty-three thousand. So you're up ten x. No, no, because that, you, I said that but, was the first one I bought. But you, but you kept buying. I bought way buy. more as it went up. But yeah. then you have to keep in mind, I I was all altcoins. My yeah. portfolio was a hundred percent altcoins. So then, when by the time I tra- changed back to Bitcoin, I lost so much value. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I sold it there and I made like barely any money. I could have if I held it until the top, I would have been up millions of dollars on it. But uh, anyways, now it's below what I sold it for so I guess I can buy back cheaper yeah. but um, anyways I still have some crypto now but like nothing meaningful um, I do think crypto if you look it's like it goes down every time every three or four years like 80% from yeah, stock there's... I'm sure it'll go back up again um, make new highs eventually but um, yeah so that, that's kind of like how I diversify my my money um, are, so, yeah. you, are you a big spender? Do you like designer clothes? Do you like you know fancy dinners, going out clubbing? I definitely like to eat well. I like fancy dinners. I like chill dinners. I you know I like, like what's like your biggest personal expenses? Is it food? Is it? I would say probably I should know the, the numbers better, but like if I had to guess, well this year definitely my condo, like furnishing it, and yeah, mortgage, it's and an investment, this and that. Uh, I don't I don't really count like though my personal home as an investment you know more so like like I don't do it's it to asset. make money I could sell it today for more money actually but like I don't count that as a as a way where I'm gonna make money but um I I definitely like nice things like I you know nice clothes nice car but I don't like to I wouldn't say it's like excessive where it's like I'm showing you don't flex people, it on people's face yeah, you don't you don't, don't you don't it in. you don't seem perhaps that that's you know I don't say surprises me the most but if someone looked at your dapper page and you didn't have in your bio that you owned rap that you owned whatever you wouldn't think that you own pages collectively what is it north of 50 million followers uh, around 40 million but yeah so yeah. you you're on your instagram you don't flex yeah. these things which is yeah. interesting you, yeah you, i'm you just like do, i think that. it says a lot about you know i guess someone if you have to do that and also if you don't have to do that uh-huh. and also I, I don't know i, I just it honestly makes me feel a little uncomfortable too if i where to do that mm. for many reasons um but uh so yeah i definitely like nice things but like i said like you said like, i don't like to like just like be excessive about it so yeah um going back to rap uh, i feel like viewers would be pretty interested in that are you you know do you get you know constant texts are are i'm, I'm sure you're not but at a point, was it? Hey, can we post this? This this new story is hot. Hey, Dan, you know, like Daniel, 
this person just dropped this album can we post it or are, are, are you still final approval there you have a social media manager obviously who does that now or if there's something so now everyone really it took a while to everyone to really understand like what we will post and, and not post and like yeah. what's on brand um, but there was definitely a, a you know two year process let's say where it's like we can't post this we can't do this yeah. we can't do this. so now it's like the team really know, has a good understanding of the guidelines uh-huh. Um, to see if something's a rumor, to see if something, you know, do you fact oh, so you're check? Talking about, so in terms of that, it's... it's uh, I'm talking about both, you know. There's, oh, there's, so, there, so, there, there's a lot of fake stories and there's also a lot of bullshit you don't want to post. We're very sensitive to that. And now this is something new. It's like if it's a rumor, it hasn't been confirmed yet. And also speed is important. You want to be first. We'll just put rumor. So, f- for example, rumor, you know, yeah. uh, Lil TJ tragically shot. How does, you know, going about sharing that information... Is, so that is was something we were actually discussing. So, because at the time, it was so early, only TMZ had said it, uh-huh. and we were like, should we say this yeah. is a rumor or not? But TMZ Are you directly involved in a, like a... If, it just if, it if, happens all, like, like you mentioned, like, typically for content-related posts, just all over Instagram DMs, or maybe a Slack. No, no, yeah. but are, are you personally, with involved a story as big as, you know, a famous rapper getting shot, do they go to you, or is it still just a social media manager? It doesn't have to go, it doesn't have to go up to me, because uh-huh. I might not be available. Yeah, it yeah. could happen at 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I fully trust my team. You have guys that are 24-7. Yeah. yeah. So we have people in different time zones yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like, if I'm there, I'll give them my opinion, but I definitely don't need a layer of approval. So, so with Lil TJ, what, how did how did that you know process go? I think we just wrote as reported by TMZ. Uh-huh. So it's like not us saying it as a fact. It's like as reported by TMZ, this happened. Uh-huh. And are you guys you know again being involved in the rap space? Do you you know have contacts with these rappers when something like that happens? Do you ever get information you know like additional information that the public wouldn't have or? At times, yeah, totally. Um, and then at times stuff, stuff like that will, will still happen and the manager will be like don't put, take uh-huh. it down um, so but, and, the, and the other question was I definitely there was a long time period where it's like can you post this for free there's still we still get that a lot can you post it for free can you heavily you know discount it's like you know it's like I always say it's like like would you ask someone to work for free like we have a, a business we're running we can't just like you know do that anymore so um, especially because in the beginning like it was us like still trying to gain a name in the space and be that reputable source so like we would be a lot more lenient especially with rappers trying to get them to post us and whatnot um so, but uh yeah so now it's like we have a we don't just like we can't just like post you because i like you as a person yeah yeah and then i guess w- w- one of my final questions where's us on drake's new album you know, I'll, 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 I'm, have you listened to it? Yeah, I would say it was definitely a letdown the first time I listened to it because everyone was expecting a rap album. A rap album. Yeah, but then once I got over that, I fucking love the album because you like it like, like it's more of a dance rap. You know, yeah, it's just like chill. I was on the on the boat last weekend. I was like, this is the perfect music. I feel like a lot taking of DJs will, will will remix those songs as like dance. Yeah, like I'm taking a shower. It's great. I wake up. It's like putting me in a good mood working it's like in the back you know driving it just like puts me in a really good mood mm-hmm. and i can listen to it all day for that reason so it's it's just like vibey music honestly it's not a, you know so so if like you can get over the fact that it's not a rap album it's just good music to listen to and vibe to then like i think people will appreciate a lot do you more. have relationships you know with like drake's publicist and certain rappers publicists you know yeah so, and will that you know 
it does in every industry. I'm, I'm sure, you know, if you have a better relationship with this rapper, you'll make sure not to cover the bad news about them. Is that like I said, a we, thing? We, we, or do you we try really, and be as unbiased as possible? We really try to be completely as unbiased as possible. So even if Drake's your best boy, if yeah, there's some absolutely. If Drake, uh, you know, something happened bad, you would still yeah. report that. Absolutely. Okay. No. That, yeah, that's good. Because I mean. that at the end of the day, that's like what that that's what makes us. What people want to continue following us mm. is hearing all that because if we don't post, then other people will. And like, we're not the ones always up to date with the news or the stories or the, you know this that or rumors. So we tried to take as little. Um, well, right now we don't we don't take a stance at all. We're just reporting the news, but try not to put relationships in it. Yeah, at all. No, that, that that's 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 great. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. That's going to be everything with today's podcast with Daniel. You can find him in the socials below. It's great having you on. It's great having you on. I think we had a great conversation. A lot of you guys, you know, a new type of content. If you liked it, make sure to drop a like, leave a comment, subscribe. If you want to see more, you know, rappers, more, you know, industry leaders like Daniel, let us know. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you next time.